Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Field Guys podcast, your source for the greatest sports mind since Kenny the Jet Smith. We are your hosts, Cameron Curran and Max Jensen. Uh, and along with the recent sports news, we are also going to be spending a good portion of the podcast talking about all that has transpired um, over the past week, um, just surrounding the Black Lives Matter movement and the death of George Floyd. Yeah. Um, well, first, Cameron and I just wanted to say what happened to George Floyd, Ahmed Aubrey, and too many others is tragic and completely unjustified. Um, pr- police brutality has been an ongoing problem in the U.S. And watching what has been happening over the past week with the police, how they've been handling this whole situation, all the pro- the protests, um, proves that this is not just a few police officers. This is a problem that needs change now. Uh, we can't wait. We've, we've waited long, long enough, um, and we've seen tragic results. Um, and I've, I've seen a lot of people question, like, why riot, right? They understand protesting, but they don't understand why people are rioting. And sort of to be blunt, peaceful protests are they're an incredible tool to voice your opinion. They're great. But unfortunately, they have just not been successful, right? And we'll touch on this later. Um, but for example, Colin Kaepernick, right? A couple of years ago, he peacefully kneeled during the national anthem. The results of that, he was run out of the NFL. Um, and we are where we are today, right? We haven't gotten better. Um, and I watched this video of Emmanuel Akko. Uh, I think that's how you say his uh, last name. But um, he was trying, he made the video to try to help white people understand the situation um, and help give them tools um, to make a change, right? And he used an analogy that I really liked about why the riots are happening right now. And he talked about how he was biking and there's a woman ahead of him, right? And he yelled on your left because he didn't want to run into her. She didn't hear him. So as he got closer, he yelled out again several different times until it was too late and they ended up colliding, right? This relates back to the situation because, you know, throughout the years black people have yelled we're oppressed right but the majority of white folks have chosen to ignore it and now we're at the collision that was bound to happen in the first place Um, and I think another thing that's really important for everyone to understand is why white privilege exists right Emmanuel had another great analogy for this and he described white privilege in terms of like an actual like running race right white folks had a head start Right. Unfortunately, black people were held back at the starting line and then eventually they were given the go. But that's not enough. Right. Because unless they can get in a car or the white man stops running, they're not going to be able to catch up, which is why it's so important that we make a big change. Right. And we even the playing field because it's clear that it's not even. Um, And we've talked on this podcast about the lack of minority coaches in the in the NFL. And this is another example of how big of a problem this really is. It's not white against black. It's right against wrong. And you got to ask yourself which side you want to be on. All right. And I also wanted to address sort of like the posting of a black square on Instagram. It's a good message, but just doing that is not enough. There's so many ways to help, whether that's donating, signing petitions, participating participating in protests um 
you know, we'll definitely link some of the resources down below. If you're watching on YouTube, we'll post them on our website. You know, personally, I found this great resource um, that highlighted police policies that weren't in effect in your city. Um, and I emailed three Virginia mayors who um, didn't have these policies and I highlighted the ones that I wanted that should be uh, enacted. Um, so uh, that's basically what I uh, have to say. Um, Cameron and I are with the protesters on this and supporting them through this right. time. And if just quickly going back to the, to the rioting debate, if you aren't supporting the rioting, kind of similar to what Max said, then it's if, if, if you're a white person in this country and you don't support the rioting, it is a direct example of your privilege. We as white people can never know how hard it is to be black in America. We cannot, to any degree, know what it is like and therefore we have the inability to experience the same kind of fear and pain that black people all over this country have felt if you aren't in support of these riots which have come out of the fact that peaceful protests have been ignored for years then it shows that you have your privilege it is a demonstration that you have not been watching. It is a demonstration that you are not aware of the fact that people have tried to peacefully protest for years and it didn't work. And now you reap what you sow. If you're not gonna listen, this is the only way that people can try to make change anymore. This is the last breath. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yep. Going back on the on the idea that, oh, this is only a few bad apples and, you know, most cops aren't like this. It, yeah, there are some cops and most of them who are perfectly nice people. That doesn't matter. These bad apples have been ignored and they've been able to make it through the police system. Some professions can't have bad apples. They just simply can't. Pilots, if, if there are a few bad pilots, you're not going to fly. You just aren't. If there are bad doctors, some professions just can't have bad apples, and policing is one of them. So the fact that, yes, there are plenty of cops who are kind people, and there are plenty of cops who believe in the Black Lives Matter movement, doesn't change the fact that these bad apples have gotten through and it doesn't change the fact that the policing system as a whole has systemic racism all throughout its roots. The system itself is corrupt. And if you can't understand that, then you're beyond, like you're beyond my help. Like you, that's just ignorance and being, you're, you're ignoring the problem at that point so that you can stand by your own outdated beliefs right um and then that sort of transitions over to the next thing we really wanted to talk about is uh drew Brees's comments um regarding 
um, this whole situation. And he was asked the question, how will the NFL respond to potential kneeling and what is your responsibility in times like this? That was a question, right? Um, he actively chose to ignore the question. Um, he didn't uh, mention the enormous problem that we're facing. He didn't mention police brutality. He didn't mention race or racism. He focused on this, this dumb conspiracy that the message is meant to disrespect the flag and the military which is clearly not. Um, and he chose someone else's military service, his grandfather's, to cloak uh, his opinion. Um, anything you want to say, Cameron? It's, distress, it's not... A, people have never knelt trying to say, I hate this country. That has never been what the kneeling meant. And they tried to say that Everyone kneeling tried to get that message across multiple times. It wasn't a form of saying, I hate America. It wasn't a form of saying, I, this country sucks. It was a form of saying, there are systems in this country that are broken, that kill people like me every day. And this is how I know to peacefully protest this. And even beyond each time people said, I'm not trying to say I hate this country. I'm trying to say there are many systems that are broken in this country that are institutionally racist. And I'm trying to protest that even after they tried and tried and tried to get that message across, people wouldn't listen. Drew Brees wouldn't listen. Even after people over and over and over told him it was their way of peacefully protesting, he decided that he was going to stand by this belief. And by the way, Drew, yeah, your dad or your grandpa or whatever fought in World War II. I guarantee you there were plenty of black people fighting right alongside him that do not feel the same way as you because it's not an insult to the flag. It's a way of saying things need to change. And when people knelt, all that happened was they were suppressed by white owners and a system in the NFL that is controlled mainly by white people. And that is a great analogy for America as a whole. A lot of people in power are mainly white. And when people tried to peacefully protest, they were pushed out or they were silenced, just like in the NFL with the kneeling. And now this is the collision course that has happened. So Drew Brees had tone deaf and mistimed statements that people reacted to as they should have. People all over the NFL, former players, um, sportscasters, all of them kind of reacted to him in a mostly negative sense. And I think that that was the right reaction for most people. And if he wants to see change, he needs to be a part of it rather than being part of the problem. Right. And on the flip side, um, I want to shout out Aaron Rodgers, who on the other side is out here standing up and speaking out and supporting the cause. So I think he needs um, some recognition through all of this. Um, and, you know, a lot of people 
whenever an athlete comes out and says something, I hear the phrase stick, stick to sports, right? That's said a lot, but there's a lot of things that are so much bigger, like astronomically bigger than sports. And this is one of those things. And you mentioned, yeah, a lot of people have come out, Malcolm Jenkins, Greg Jennings, Mark Ingram. And, you know, uh, I listened to something by Greg Jennings in particular, um, and he used two words to describe um, Drew Brees, and he used callous and selfish. Um, so like Brees, so Brees mentioned, um, when he looks up to the flag, he hears the national anthem, he remembers his grandfathers who fought in, the war, on, in World War II, which is good, which is fine, but that's not what this is about, right? They're kneeling because of social injustice and police brutality, right? His grandfather fought for the freedom of this country. He fought for everyone's freedom. And that's not happening right now. Not everyone is getting, you know, those same, those same freedoms. Um, you know, at the very least, he should understand the problem and not criticize it like he's doing. And uh, Jennings made this analogy, which I really liked. Um, he said, imagine if Michael Thomas came into the huddle. It's a close game near the end of the game. And he said, I quit, right? You'd be baffled. You'd say like, what are you doing, man? Why are you quitting on your teammates? That's what Drew Brees is doing right now. He's quitting on those teammates. Um, and he just doesn't seem to understand that other people's experiences might be different, like totally different than him. Um, uh, and I think it's also important to remind people um, of how this whole Colin Kaepernick thing started um it started with him actually sitting during the national anthem um but then he met with nate boyer um who was a veteran um and he said that this could be offensive to some members of the military so he re we recommended kneeling um because in the military kneeling is a sign of respect so kaepernick took this advice and that's what he did so this whole time he wanted to re respectful to the flag to the military while peacefully protesting um and then i was also listening to nick wright um who i thought was right on the money with this one um take the situation right say cap was kneeling and he was protesting the idea that veterans aren't being treated right and that the va is underfunded say that's what he's protesting right i guarantee you that his biggest haters right now would be his biggest supporters. Yeah. Which sort of proves the point that this was never really about the flag. It's really just a mask for the opinion on the cause. It's about um, the message. Right. And also he's a, a white guy in a majority black sport in a majority black city. Right. He did so much for that city during hurricane Katrina. And it really, turned him from a sports figure to a cultural icon and then he turns to the city and he does this like really yeah. i just i don't understand it i had a lot of respect for drew Brees. he was one of my favorite football players um but now i've lost pretty much all respect for for him yeah and i think similar to that nick wright metaphor I, I was reading something on Twitter and it was, it basically said, it's really funny how the NRA and all those people who are huge second amendment 
we should all have freedom of guns. And there are parts of the Second Amendment I agree with. There, well, I think it should be way more controlled, but there are parts that I agree with. The people who say we should be able to buy as many guns as we want with freedom of will. And the huge thing they always cite as the need for a Second Amendment is in case the military comes in and a situation like this happens. They've all been really quiet because, take a guess, the same people who have been saying we need guns to protect ourselves in case of a military takeover and in case of situations like this don't seem to care when this is against people of color. And it, it goes back to the Colin Kaepernick thing where you are using a mask to cover up your true intentions in terms of fighting against protests and being part of a racist system. So Drew Brees either needs to realize that he is just, that he is being ignorant or he needs to find some other way to get his message across because he has done a very poor job. If, if he did not mean it like the comments came off, then he needs to make some, he needs to fix something because in no way were his comments appropriate or accurate at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally agree. And I just thought it was super important to, you know, voice our opinions and let people, you know, what know what we're thinking. And I think it's really important for, you know, we don't have much of a, a following, but for people that do um, to spread, you know, this, this movement along as best that they can. Right. Um, so yeah, that was sort of our discussion on that. Um, I guess we'll talk about some sports, some actual good news um, coming in. The NBA is coming back. How about that? Um, some specifics on the proposal. So there's going to be 22 teams um, and they're going to resume play July 31st. The top eight obviously get in, um, but then teams within six games of a playoff spot also get in. So in total, there's 13 from the West and only nine from the East. Um, so those teams outside the top eight, the Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, Suns, and of course the Wizards. Um, and then the teams play eight regular season games and a possible play-in tournament before the playoffs. And the play-in tournament is if the nine seed is within four games of the eight and then they play a two-game series the eight seed only needs to win one game and the nine seed would have to win both those games to move on to the playoffs. So what are we thinking about this, this proposal? Well, first off my, my head hurts now. Yeah, there was a lot of information. We haven't had school so, in a while. So yeah. Yeah. It, I, I think I was listening to Colin Cowherd earlier today and I think he used the perfect word. It, it all seems very gimmicky to me where it's just they're trying to do so much in order to get, I guess, maybe to get interest back or maybe to try and get the, the attention 
but it's it feels excessive especially with the home court alternatives where since they're oh, all playing in Orlando it's just it trying to do all of this extra stuff it makes it feel it just doesn't feel like a real game anymore it just kind of feels a little bit like there's too much going on um but it's they also i think not only is the the structure of the season itself off but they i think worried too much about starting the season versus ending the season because they're starting and finishing right in the same timeline to be competing with the NFL and the MLB. They've never had to do that before, but there is no way that they can compete with those powerhouses, especially if college football comes back. There's no way they're going to compete and get those dollars with all three of those things happening unless in like the Lakers – are in the final up against another team with a national following. Like if it's the Clippers and the Bucks in the finals, it's they're not going to get the attention they need. No one, no one cares about the Clippers and the Bucks, especially not enough to watch the NFL or the college football playoffs. And baseball has had to deal with this for years, where their finals or their World Series is competing with the NFL, and it's hard, especially if the Yankees or other or like the Dodgers are not in the five in the uh, World Series championship. Why not I heard Char- Charles Barkley talk about this. Why not start in Christmas? So that way you're not competing with the MLB. Then that's a day that's always been kind of an NBA day. They always have five games on Christmas. That would have been a great time to start. And then when you're finishing, you're not competing with the NFL as much anymore. They worry too much about, I think, getting the start date as soon as possible versus what time makes the most strategic sense. I think you're just thinking about this too much from a business perspective, bro. I just yeah, want to exactly. see some basketball. I no, I understand that. But if it's <laughs> if it's you either get to watch basketball or the World Series or an NFL rival matchup, what are you gonna watch? There's this thing called recording. I'm not. I, I do very often. Right, understood. But that is so much going on. You're going to record. A lot of the sportscasters are going to record, but millions of Americans are not going to record. They're just going to watch the NFL. They're just going to watch baseball. They the NBA will not do as well as they want to. And also, if they wait, they have an entire opening to themselves that is otherwise not being filled. Yeah, a couple things. We don't know if baseball is coming back. Every proposal that gets proposed gets struck down. So we don't even know if baseball is coming back. MLB has really messed this up. Football, essentially, it's mainly one day a week. It's three days a week if you count Monday and Thursday, right? So every other day is basketball. I also don't think it's going to collide that much. But I, I think just sports in general needed someone to lead the way, right? Baseball wasn't doing it. Football sort of to an extent was, but I think we needed just one league to say, Hey, 
this is what we're doing. This is when we're doing it. This is how we're doing it. And I applaud the NBA. I think this is awesome. Right. And I think the way they're doing it, I know you, you said it was sort of a headache, but I think it's fair, right? It allows teams with a fighting chance right within, I think what, what I say, six games um, to go down to Orlando and have a shot, right? The other eight teams that didn't get into the playoffs, right? They're not going to go down there to play meaningless games. So everyone down there is fighting for something, right? They have a chance. Um, And I think it's also fair because the Suns and Spurs are going to go down there, but they have a really low shot at getting to the playoffs because um, they'd be like the 10th or 11th seed um, in the West. Um, So it'd be really, really tough for them to reach the playoffs. So I think it's fair in that sense too. Um, It it might've been fun to watch uh, like a giant play in tournament, which was proposed, um, but that would be sort of unfair to like a team like the Mavs because they were talking about doing the seventh and eighth seed would be in the tournament. Um, And the Mavs are way better than anyone that would be in that tournament. Um, But I also did have a question. This is sort of focused on like what we think is going to happen, like with the games, if KD and Kyrie return, what does that mean? Like are the Raptors being put in a really tough spot if KD and Kyrie return? Like, are the Nets suddenly the favorites in the East? Like, what what happens then? Well, I, I think the, the first thing to mention is that no one, no one should go into this expecting to watch the basketball that you would usually see in the playoffs. I mean, like, a lot of these guys, or all of them, are out of shape. They haven't really played... I mean, they have home gym, so that's different. That's just it. Just is different from playing in a game, mm-hmm. and so they're they're out of shape. They haven't been getting as much shots shots up as they usually do. It's it, it'll just it'll be weird, not weird, but it won't be the elite basketball that people are used to seeing, um, in around around the playoffs. I think. First of all, I think I think Kyrie is just going to ruin it, just knowing who he is. You're a Celtics fan. He well, he just he sucks. Right. He, of course, of course. Yeah, sure. He's he's just he. I mean, after post LeBron, Kyrie is has to be one of the worst players on on the planet. I think talent wise, he's fantastic, but he is a cancer to any team he is on. All right. He just is. Okay. Um, KD is really good. He's very good. <laughs> he is really good. It's just, it's so hard to say what effect they'll have after not watching them play for a while, not seeing how they interact with the team, not seeing any of the chemistry or any them or basketball in general for so long. Uh, it certainly helps, I think. It'll, it'll help. But I don't know if it'll have as big an effect, it'll probably, it'll be easier to see when they're up against lower tier teams. But when they're up against, should it ever come to this, if they're up against the Bucks or the Lakers ever, or like those higher tier teams, it's, 
it's, it won't matter by that point just because they have such a strong foundation and those players all know each other. So I think, I think it might help against the, the less skilled teams, but overall I don't think it'll have a huge impact. Okay. Um, another thing that was mentioned, now these things aren't set in stone. There's just sort of things that have been tossed around um, for solutions to solve home court advantage, right? Because teams aren't going to have crowds there. It's going to be, you know, an empty arena. Um, there's really no advantage for the home team. So there were some alternatives that were proposed and we'll uh, quickly discuss some of them. Uh, the first one that was discussed um, would be the higher seed gets possession in the second, third, and fourth quarters. And when, when I read this one, it reminded me, we, we coach basketball. Yeah. We coach youth basketball. And there's this one game where to start the quarter, like the other team just kept getting it. And we're like, what is happening? And so we like talk to the refs and he explained like the rule is nothing like the NBA. Um, they do based they do on it by possession balls. arrow. Yeah. They do it by possession arrow. Um, but it just reminded me of that. We were so um, confused. Yeah. It was painful. Yeah. But back to this, I don't necessarily like mind it because I feel like home court advantage is a real thing. Cause I think, like 75% of the games are won by the home team in baseball. I guess it's totally different because all the road teams won, but uh, in basketball, it seems to be like a real difference. Um, so I, I don't mind this one. I wouldn't be mad if they proposed it. I, I just, I think I'm not completely against it. I think that if they, if they think a little bit more, they can probably think of more clever ways to, to do this. Yeah. I think, Sending their court, like sending their actual wooden court to Orlando, is ridiculous. Well, it's it's, it's it. There's no magic in the wood. There's no the whole point of home okay. court is that like you're with your fans and in your city. It the the wood itself has absolutely no effect on the on the play. It wouldn't give you an advantage. That's fair, but aesthetically, like why not? Right. It's what because it's a ridiculous problem logistically why would you just send huge courts of and just trucks of wood down to orlando just to play on it a few times and then leave it looks imagine weird. imagine what that would be like for like la that would like huh? that would be so absolutely ridiculous plus the clippers and the lakers i'm pretty sure share the same court so yeah and they they changed their floors strange I know exactly. Why not just paint the thing differently? I don't understand why you need to change wood every time a game happens. That crew would be working around the clock to change the wood every single time like a game ended. That's true. Well, they, or, they probably got. Multiple I don't know how many venues Orlando has, but it can't be that. Just being Worldwide Center, I think that's what they call it. It's it's pretty big. Like they got a lot of stuff. I'm um, sure. It's just so. Anyway. That's, that's Cameron's opinion. Another uh, proposal I saw would be the higher seed gets to choose one player from their team to get seven fouls instead yeah. of six. Or they could choose to get an extra coach's challenge. So this one, I don't mind it because I feel like players fouling out like 
I don't see a point. Um, I think I think it was Nick Wright again. Um, he talked about how instead of people fouling out, they should just get an extra free throw, right? Get three instead of two because then we wouldn't see, you know, it doesn't happen often, but stars fouling out um, of the game. Um, and then the second part of it, an extra coach's challenge, I don't see as really doing anything. The review process is already awful. So yeah. don't love I this mean, one as much. The first, the first part of it is fine, but I think as a as a casual as a casual fan, the seven fouls could be kind of fun to watch mm-hmm. if if you get to have like if you get to have Giannis go in there and just say you get one throwaway foul where he just like body slams some dude. That would be aggressive. But I don't I don't know. I think it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I just think they're they're like I I think they shouldn't stop here though. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. this isn't should keep they should uh, they should just keep trying to think of new things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I don't think these are the the top tier solutions. This next one is probably like my favorite. Okay. Um, so it'd be the playoff teams get to select which hotel they get to stay at in order of the seat the seating. All right. So I love this. Okay. So I've been okay. to Disney World seven <clears throat> times. All right. So okay. I, I like to think I know a little bit about this stuff. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Six out of those seven times, we stayed at one of the nicer spots, right? It's usually at the uh, Animal Kingdom Resort. Sure. Um, but the one time I went for a band trip, we stayed at, I think it was called like the All-Star Resort. And oh. it's a huge difference. I'm not going to lie. Like that felt like in like a, like a regular, like, three-star hotel compared to like the five-star resort that you're getting when you stay at one of the bigger ones and think about it they're staying there for longer than a month they're they're basically like renting this place out so if i'm staying somewhere a month like i want that place to be nice um and i think just sort of with my like disney knowledge there's probably around like 10 like really solid resorts and the rest of them are like they're they're fine they're they're okay, but there's ten like really nice ones, um. So and that's like the perfect number because you got half the team staying in like really nice places and then half of them just you know average places. Um, I don't know how much this would actually affect like like the game, but I I feel like it would be really fun for them to like televise this and do like a draft. Like I feel like that'd just be really cool. Yeah, I mean. That's fine. <laughs> That's about the only reaction I could have to any of this. Yeah. Well, you have you ever been to Disney World? I have not. You should go. I You're would, missing out. You would. I don't want to. Is the main thing. Wow. Main problem with that. I just there. Are, like, what is the draw? I don't want a mouse ear hat. You know. You don't have to get a mouse ear hat. I just yeah you do. I'm pretty sure it's like a law there. Is that you I don't think I've ever one worn stuff. one like while I was there. I think I have one. But like then you have one. And that's I don't want one. And okay, wait, like I could go to roller coasters closer to my house. Yeah. There's a King's Dominion like an hour away. That's not comparable to Disney World, Cameron. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that, but I just I don't understand. Like there's nothing it would have been cool when I was like eight. Okay. I just, I don't understand. There's no draw for me anymore. 
There's draw. Anymore. There's no draw anymore for me. Got it. I'm 18. Got it. Yeah. Um, and then this last one, which is just the most out there one, is that the higher seed gets to pick their opponent. Yeah. So this is probably it's just not going to happen. It's the no. least likely to happen. Um, I don't know if I like it or not. It's definitely interesting. What do you think? I think upsets would be way more exciting at that point. It'd be more upsets. Exciting. Uh, overall, I think it's a stupid idea, but I just, I think I think upsets would be really cool because that's like a team being chosen because the other team thought they were the most vulnerable team. Yeah, and it gives them and then and then drive. Yeah, you can say, hey, you thought we were the the weakest. Yeah, watch this. That been everyone's sick. Yeah. But it's a it's a dumb idea though. Dumb idea. I don't think it's yeah. that dumb. It's pretty stupid. I mean, a couple years ago, the uh, the Warriors were the two seed. They sort of fell off, and Steph got injured. The Rockets ended up being the first seed. So maybe the Rockets go, hey, we're going to play the Warriors eventually. Let's just do it round one while Steph's not, you know, not playing. Definitely yeah, could, be, could be interesting. That's why it's dumb. That's what you think. It would, it would be interesting. It would be interesting. I'm just, I don't think... That kind of that's not even home court advantage anymore. That's just you, well, d- yeah, that's it's yeah. That I feel like it doesn't like have anything more to do of an with advantage. It. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, that's that's the NBA coming back. Um the next thing I sort of wanted to talk about is slightly dated. I think it was it was over a week ago. I think it's coming up on two weeks now. Um but the match between uh, Peyton and Tiger and Tom and Phil Mickelson. Um, it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Peyton's a really good golfer. Tom is not. Tom is not. He, he had, had that one crazy day. shot. He yeah, had that he had one, one crazy he, shot. He had one shot. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't watch it, which I'm mad about. But I watched, like I watched the, it. I watched the highlights. I actually, I am not a huge golf guy. Yeah, I, genuinely, golf. I genuinely enjoyed watching that. I think yeah. it just shows how starved people are for sports or for anything at all. Yeah, was, with yeah. Charles Barkley too. Yeah, that he had no right being a a, a golf commentator, but but it was funny. funny. So it was, it was okay. funny. All right, so I thought it was a fun idea um, to pick who we would put in match three. Okay. Right. So I went a different route, right? Because we had athletes this last yeah. time. I decided yeah. to go a different route. What'd you do? So I went Phil Mickelson yep. and Mark Wahlberg. Sure. All right. So I'll tell you why this makes sense. They're a pair of lefties. They're both lefties, right? Phil and Mark okay. have played before. Okay. Phil gave him some advice and he even sent him a driver. Wow. And then Wahlberg was even in a commercial wow. for, for the first match. So that's, that's the wild. perfect matchup right there. And then my second, my second uh, duo is Tiger Woods and Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. Sure. He's, he's a little older than the rest of them. That's, that's yeah. fine. But I watched this interview. He has a golf clause, which means he has to play two days a week, no matter what. And With who? Just, just go to the, uh, the, the golf course. Does he – wait, wait. I'm, is it is Samuel like contract can find someone to play with? Can no, you? I'm saying there a golf clause is part of what? Just himself. He's just oh, ha- he made a contract. With yeah, himself. 
Okay. I thought it was like part of like a contract with like NBC or something. I was like, well, that seems obscure. But, and he allegedly, according to himself, beat Tiger Woods one time. I don't believe him. Unless it was like right off of Tiger Woods' back injury and Tiger was like wheelchairing down the Also, also, he's a bucket hat guy. That does make a difference. It does. That does does. make a difference. I'll be Um, honest with you. I should have brought the bucket hat to Ocean City this week. My face got so burned. I'm sure. Like this is, my face is red now. It was, that, that's after like four days of just straight aloe and lotion. Yeah. Do, do you have a, a matchup? If, if, are we sticking with actors? It doesn't have to be actors. It can be literally anyone in the entire world. In the entire world? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, well no, what? I got this. I got you this. Got it? I got this. No, I got it. I got it right now. Right, right now. Yeah. First, give me give me Tiger Woods and Kim Jong un. Okay. We're gonna move on. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah. First off, they might not have anything to talk about, but I really want to see if he's a good golfer. I just I just do. Okay. You just do. Okay. okay, but there's there's a there's a rule in the course: no talking politics, no like none of that, like no discussing morals. You would also like, need a, a translator. Important. It's a lot of logistics. No, I I I agree. It's going to be hard to pull off. Okay. I'm not saying it'll be easy. All right. I'm just saying, with with those rules in place, we got Kim Jong Un, and and, uh, and Tiger Woods. Who's playing with Phil? Who's playing with Phil? I say, I I can't. I say we get Phil, mm-hmm. and then we get any of like the top eight or nine. Any one of them. Any of like the any top eight or nine people in power from China. And I think, man, I think, you are really. Uh... I just think it'd be an interesting dynamic to watch play out. I'm I'm sure it would be a interesting dynamic. I can't or or here we now. go. Here we go. We have South Korea replace China and we have we require every every time there's like every every new hole they have to engage in 10 minutes of peace talk. And then what we you remember how they had like those gim those like those those fun little things where it was like closest to the hole will donate $250,000 in their name to this charity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So every time, like, whoever won that hole would yeah. get, like, like more stuff on, like, they, a part of their deal. If they, like, a compromise, like, a part of their compromise would be set in stone. Like, this is what's going to happen. And at the end of the day, they have a peace deal. All right. It's definitely an interesting dynamic. I think it's, it's worth the, the trouble to go through if to you solve, so. to solve, you know, war. Yeah. My, my extra matchup would be uh, Phil Mickelson and president Obama versus Tiger Woods and MJ. Cause then again, you got the lefties versus the righties and there yep. would for sure be some good smack talk. Like, yeah, for sure. Well, if it just smacks, we get some WWE guys in there just yelling Gronk like really obscure and things. like, the Punisher. Yeah. That'd be good. All right. So recently we did this thing on our social media 
we did a movie tournament. We took 64 movies. What I did was I just took the Reddit top 250. I took the top 64 movies and I put them in a bracket. So there were some interesting matchups. Um, the final four ended up being Empire Strikes Back, A Dark Knight, A New Hope, and Shawshank Redemption. And the final matchup, Empire Strike Back, Strikes Back versus A New Hope. Star Wars fans, you got what you wanted. Yeah, it was... Whatever. Max and I were convinced that most of the people voting had only ever seen Star Wars. I am pretty sure. and Because it, it, yeah. there, were, there were also some absolutely ridiculous... Oh ridiculous my God, yeah. upsets it was like it Unreal. it was painful like some of you guys need to get educated For like sure. i i understand that a lot of people voting were probably uh, on the younger side probably like closer to our age yeah but, but like, that is still, come on guys. that is absolutely no excuse for jurassic park over the godfather are your like that's awful I was, I was watching it happen live. I'm just like, sorry. Oh, it was no. hard to watch. And okay. You know what? I'll <laughs> wait. I'll wait to get into this one. Yeah. Yeah. Before before get we get into the upsets, um, just to anyone who hasn't seen, The Empire Strikes Back ended up beating A New Hope and is officially, um, according to the Field Guys fans, are it, it's the number one movie. It's, it's um, apparently the Empire Strikes Back is the greatest movie of all time, according apparently. to. Um, but yeah, like Cameron said, there were some big upsets. We we mentioned Jurassic Park over The Godfather. That one hurt me. The Godfather's definitely up there. It's close to it, number most one. Most people me. say it's like one of the greatest movies of I all know. time. It's I know, and no one has ever said that about Jurassic Park. No one. So shut up. Um, the next one. Less of an upset, but still sort of an upset. Usual suspects over Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Now I hadn't seen Reservoir Dogs before. Um, I made the poll, but I later watched it, and it's a great movie. Um, Should have won over Usual Suspects. Both of them are they're they're fine they're, movies. They're, they're they're both known as as like I think movies. really great movies. I yeah. think in terms of just like. Legend, I think Usual Suspects, Usual Suspects has a bit over Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, I, I, but I didn't hate this one. Yeah, um, and then A New Hope, which ended up getting all the way to the finals. Yeah, the Goodfellas, which is also up there for me. And also, all of this happened in the first round. Yeah, all of this happened in the first all, round. All that was round one. So Goodfellas, Reservoir Dogs, and The Godfather were all out in the first round. Yeah, and now let's talk about Up. Don't. Oh my God. Up in the first round, beat seven. That, yep. I'm not as mad about that. It's, it's fine. I, I ended up falling asleep during seven, so whatever. Um, next round, beat Django Unchained. Which is ridiculous. Come up, on. I'm sorry. Up is not better than Django Unchained. Next it had round, a sad intro, but it's not better than Django Unchained. Next round, it beat Inglorious Bastards. Which is also ridiculous. I think up, that's two Quentin Tarantino movies up in a row, by the way. destroying Quentin Tarantino, yeah. who's my favorite director. Quentin Tarantino just got absolutely murked by animation and a talking dog. God, I hate this movie, man. man. But the one where Cameron and I disagree on... Which is ridiculous, first of all. Which is... Which, and anyone listening right now, get get ready to lose respect for Max. I put an asterisk next to this 
upset because I don't even know if it's an upset. It's no, no. You, go ahead, say it. Say it. In round one. Yep. No, say it. I want you to say it. Look me in the eyes while you say this. Boy story. Yeah. Be- Goodwill Hunting, which is ridiculous. Everyone I, right now, I to voted this. for Toy Story. You you voted for Toy Story. You know why? Because you're an uneducated rat, is what you are. For those and who you might be disgusting, a little confused. Goodwill Hunting is Cameron's favorite movie. Favorite movie so, of all time, easily. Also, I think there is no doubt in my mind that Goodwill Hunting is the greatest movie of all time. So it's, he's got by the way, second second is um, Dead Poet Society. Oh, we'll get into our our top five in a. In a second, but Cameron, everything about Toy Story. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's It's great. It's good. Like a childhood classic. Sure. If if I were to sit down, so I'm not saying Toy Story is a better movie than Goodwill Hunting. I'm obviously you are because you voted. It's more. It's more of my favorite. Toy Story is more my favorite movie than Goodwill Hunting is. Which means to you, it is a better movie than Goodwill Hunting. Okay. Yeah. To me. I'm yeah. Not saying that's ridiculous. Everyone. No, I'm, that's not how voting works. I'm not saying you are. I'm saying well, that for someone of your, for, I've always respected you for your intellect, Max. Dude. I think that's one of the things I respected you most. Uh-huh. And this, this really, it hurt on a whole new level. Well, it really did. You'll see my top five. Toy Story is not in my top five. My top five oh. is very, that's not reassuring at all, because that means Goodwill Hunting is way out of your top five. Anyways, um, I'm just—it's so okay. Listen to the 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 movies that went out in the first round. Okay, Godfather, yep. Reservoir Dogs, yep. Goodwill Hunting, greatest movie of all time. Shout out, and Goodfellas. Here are the movies that went on: <laughs> Jurassic Park, Usual Suspects. I'm fine with that going on. Toy Story. A New Hope, and then up making it to the final four. I'm sorry. I didn't make the final four. I think it was oh, Elite, the, Elite Eight. eight. Yeah. Either way, I, I usually, I'm, I'm arrogant. Like, usually in a, an ironic way, I'm like ironically arrogant about how smart I am. I'm no longer <laughs> yeah, ironic about are. it. I'm no longer ironic about it. Now I just believe I am. All right. Just because of these, this, this voting recently. Okay. Um, but I did want to just drop my top five. I feel like that's important to let people know where I stand with the movies. I'm a big movie guy. You are. So some that just missed, um, Empire Strikes Back, which was number one, according to everyone else. Um, Silence of the Lambs also just missed. Number five for me is Goodfellas. Great movie. Great crime movie. Second second best crime movie of all time. Okay. Number four, I mentioned I liked Quentin Tarantino. You did. I have two of them in my top five. Number four is Kill Bill Volume One. Yep. One of the more violent movies of all time. Very. But one of the most badass movies of all time. Yeah. Great movie. Number three, The Godfather, which lost in round one, which is Wait, really Godfather ridiculous. One or Godfather Two. One. Okay, because I've heard a lot of people say Godfather 2 is better. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I need to see the second and the third. Um, but Only obviously, three is that's, kind of like, eh. Um, I've heard. And then number two is my other Tarantino film, Pulp Fiction. Very close to number one, but, yep. you know, just missed for me. Great story. 
Um, I like the way it's told because it's not in chronological order. That's a very really Quentin cool. Tarantino thing to do. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, he just makes things up as you go along. He's very creative. Yeah. Number one, though, Shawshank Redemption. This movie is for sure the best movie of all time. It's, I, mentioned, I mentioned Pulp Fiction was kind of close, but like, I don't know. This movie is just fantastic. Everything about it. Morgan Freeman's awesome. The whole story, perfect. It's just great. I think I, okay, so I'm, I'm a huge music guy. I'm not a huge movie guy. I'm like a casual movie fan. Um, yeah. So I, I haven't seen a, like too many of the classics. I've always been way more of a music guy. Like I, 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 could, I could go hours and hours about that kind of stuff. But I, I think I can give you my top three because I, I, I didn't prepare. I know your top two. My, I can give you – my top two are easy. It's Goodwill 1, then Dead Poet Society. Three is hard. Three is hard. Yeah, because there's a movie I have in my head, but mm-hmm. I know for a fact it's not three because I'm pretty sure I'm like forgetting about other things. Well – the one that's right now in my head. Mm-hmm. It's you ever seen Catch Me If You Can? Yeah, with so Leo. that's the that yeah with Leo and Tom Hanks. It's a great movie. movie. It's so good. And right now, it's what my brain is telling me is number three, but I'm so sure I'm missing I'm missing other things as that I've also seen. I can't give you top five though. I need to think more about this. All right. Um. Well, I guess that sort of wraps it up then. Yeah. Um, good podcast, good talk. Um, Everyone, be kind to each other. Go out, make a difference. Don't just post mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah, make um, sure you check out, hopefully down below in the description, there will, there will be um, resources so that you can help make a change. Um, we'll also post on our website. Um, and as always, you know, yeah, stay safe. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. Um, Until next time, we'll see you later. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.